From VinePair's New York City headquarters, I'm Adam Teeter. And I'm Joanna Sherino. And in Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal. And this is the VinePair Podcast, Spooky Edition. Adam, did you have a werewolf bar mitzvah? <laughs> I mean, it's my favorite song ever. <laughs> Zach, play it. <laughs> werewolf bar mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. Werewolf bar mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. Oh, such a great Boys song. becoming men. Anyways. And becoming wolves. There's really, <laughs> so good. It's, it's about the epitome of American comedy in the last 30 years. <laughs> it's so good. So we thought we would chat today about scary drink trends. Drink trends that are scaring us. <laughs> scaring us. And no, ladies and germs, is not just natural wine. <laughs> <laughs> emphasis on the germs there, Adam. Oh. Nice. I feel like whoops, that's a lot. I feel like uh ooh, That's that's really the, really that's really the theme on. of this entire podcast, let's be honest. <laughs> I feel like, you know, you guys, it's been a long day. Anyways, I feel like uh yeah, there are a lot of trends out there that are scary though. Oh yeah. That you know we need to be that, that freak us all out. <laughs> Make us go bump in the night or that go bump in the night. <laughs> Zach, what is your scary drink trend? So one of the ones that has been scaring me is uh, the return of the everything teeny. I am old enough to have worked and lived through the tail end of the everything teeny craze once, i.e. any drink could have the word or the suffix teeny appended to it and be put on a menu. And I think we are we are back in those days. And that's not to say that any of the individual drinks are themselves like bad, but I think there is a there's actually a, a good reason to be scared of this trend. There are two good <laughs> reasons to be scared of this trend. One is that a lot of the drinks are bad, unfortunately. <laughs> Many of them are not well balanced, they're overly sweet, they're kind of ridiculous and not in a way that I generally enjoy, but in a way that I find less appealing personally. But also because frankly, it's it becomes very difficult for consumers, whether they are cocktail lovers, uh, whether they're experienced drinkers or not, to navigate a drinks list when it has seven different quote-unquote martini variations on it. And we're getting there in multiple directions right now, right? We're getting yeah. into the to the like the high-end version of that, which didn't exist previously, but I find kind of confusing when now any drink that's basically got gin or vodka in it can be considered a martini. You know, like I, yeah, man. I, I feel like that we're getting kind of out there with what what we're calling these drinks and and you know we're calling them our our version of a martini when it has like of a or it's a stirred cocktail made with gin or vodka that's served up but how is that functionally different than like you know your apple teenies or whatever those were probably shaken to be fair but whatever point is it's confusing and and I think doesn't do the drinker a whole lot of of a service because many of them don't really adhere to what makes the martini a great cocktail and and I'm not going to sit here and proselytize for it that's what cocktail college exists for Tim McCurdy mentions the greatness of the martini. I think every episode is that in his contract, guys. <laughs> you would know better than I would. No, it's not. okay. It's just that's just that's just Tim does that for free. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but Tim is the is the biggest advocate. But he's not wrong. A that it's a great cocktail, and B that like at its fundamental core, the drink has a, a, a sort of central tension to it that when you start adding in a bunch of different ingredients, you just kind of lose. It doesn't make the drink bad it can make those drinks really good but they're not really a martini at that point they're just something else they're a gin cocktail which hey <laughs> those are good i like gin cocktails more please um so my my spooky trend my scary trend number one 
is the is the rise <laughs> oh, of the, of the teeny the the, the frankenteeny's monster i don't know i'm i'm tr- i'm trying here guys i like, I like it i like that joanna you gotta have one okay mine's kind of related i guess but okay. The, the lovely youths on our team have, have clued me into one uh, I swear trend. if you use mine, I'm going to be real upset. <laughs> um, like influencers. I mean, these people are very scary, but Kylie, Kylie Jenner and the Kardashians yeah. having their own martini, which is trending on TikTok apparently. <sighs> and people love this recipe, but it's literally just a martini glass with three olives and vodka poured into the glass. <laughs> and people it's like love room temp vodka. Marti- I, I think it's chilled okay. vodka. I hope it's room temp. I think it's it chilled vodka. Right. To be fair, oh let's be fair to Kylie. Um, but that's that really scares me. Can we me. just get rid of the Kardashian Jenners? Oh man, yeah, me too. Um, I'm so with you, but but I think you know more generally. I think these types of celebrity and influencer drinks trends that take hold. They're really scary to me. I mean, often too, because I think what's scary to me about these is that they have like no, they're so uninformed, like the drink itself. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's just what they like to drink, which is fine. But then everyone takes it as gospel. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, then they're like, oh, I mean, this idea that we had that celebrities are experts in everything. Like, I don't, that hasn't worked. That didn't work out well, guys, like two years ago for for four years prior to that. Like celebrities don't know everything. Right. And. So this idea that like I mean the one that really pisses me off is like Stanley Tucci cannot make a Negroni. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. When you watch, I mean he's a cute little man, but like when you <laughs> when you watch him, you know, dump the Campari and the vermouth into a shaker with like some gin, and then he ta- like shakes it and talks about how he also sometimes adds maraschino, and you're just like, dude, this is Negroni, <laughs> and why are you shaking it? And then people think it's like gospel. The only person who you should ne- who's a celebrity who should never ever question Immune their cocktails. She is, dude. Barefoot Contessa. Yes. If you fuck with Ina, I'll fuck with you. <laughs> but besides that, she's a queen. But besides that, <laughs> like no one – it's – yes, I agree. It's so annoying. And now they're experts in making tequila and they're experts in making yes. rum. Like they're not. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's an annoying trend. What's yours? Very scary. Very scary. Well, mine was another Gen Z trend, which is the vodka water. <sighs> I just like don't understand it. I it's freaking me out. We like, have a piece of, about this coming up soon like, on the site. It's a it's a tr- majorly trending cocktail. It is literally vodka and water. If I were a bartender, I'd be real scared of this one. Like I'd be like, uh, no, I'm gonna be, my license is gonna get revoked for over serving you. Like <laughs> it's literally it's it just it, there's not we are just totally ripping the veil off of the idea that. It's about anything more than getting fucked up once we're drinking vodka waters, right? Like that's all it's about at that point. It's not about interesting flavors. It's not about, you know, conviviality. It's just about getting fucked up. I just don't understand this drink at all. Don't you think it's more, like if it were that, wouldn't it just be drinking vodka? Like what is No, the because water? they want to stay hydrated. Right. Because it's, so. it's, it's this belief that they're staying hydrated <laughs> so while they drink it. it's more than that. <laughs> yeah, but it's like get fucked up but don't regret it tomorrow. You should just drink light vodka at that point, right? Yeah. Right, guys? <laughs> I just – yeah, that's – so this one is a really scary trend to me. So far, they're all spirits basically based. Uh, Zach, what's your next one? Well, mine is, mine is kind of – I don't know if you would even say it's necessarily spirits based. It's just sort of like we are now in this phase of uh, everything alcoholic. Like we have taken every beverage yeah. concept under the sun and been like, but yeah. what if you put booze in it? And, you know, our David Fonte, I think, is the foremost chronicler of 
all things yes. that have <laughs> alcohol added to them. I both uh, bow in in respect and also fear uh, of Dave's encyclopedic knowledge of this. But um, yeah. you know, we are we are you know so deep now in the hard lemonade, tea, soda, uh, milk, God knows what milk. else, <laughs> um, hard water, um, which is different than vodka <laughs> waters. To be fair. And I guess it just comes like it's almost like a weird, like funhouse mirror version of what you were just talking about, which is like also like we have to have everything be able to get us fucked up. We can't even people are no longer willing to just combine a non-alcoholic drink with alcohol that has to be done for them. Right. Mixers. Remember those? (laughs) No, no mixers, Joanna. (laughs) Just just RTDs and or die. I just, this is a little bit probably my like crotchety old man take, but just what is the point of many of these things? I don't really understand it. And I, and I almost believe that at least half of them are, are functionally just promotional gimmicks in the, in the long run anyhow. And so maybe they work from that standpoint, but they scare me and I don't want to drink them. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) You have another one, Joanna? Okay. I've got another one. I I think this one is waning. I'm hoping so, but charcoal charcoal in our drinks yeah that freaks me out i mean i think that is straight up dangerous yeah like it it's is bad for you but it has this activated charcoal like yeah activated charcoal. rage right but it has this hate health halo around it like people think it's good for you but actually it's it's quite bad and dangerous for you i mean also it's so like I, the drink looks cool that's really i think like 80% right because you're it. drinking a, it's like a black drink yeah but um let's stay away from that everyone yeah. you know what scares me what all these natural wine people who pretend they were not part of the problem and now they're part of the backlash and they're all like jumping on the bandwagon and being like, oh, no, we didn't mean this kind of wine. And now they're like trying to like all of a sudden distance themselves and be like, no, 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 we liked Burgundy the whole time. That scares me. This idea that like they're going to try to forget what they created. <laughs> right. Like, no, 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 you need to own this, you know, like because we're not going to forget. So, you you know, here's the deal. I'm Now a lot of them are popping up in like publications where they're being quoted and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You created this. <laughs> own the creation. You drank wines like these. That's cool now that you've decided that a lot of these wines are like – bigger than you wanted them to be but you were you were pouring them i love these wines from austria and now all of a sudden it's like you're pouring and i I love wines from austria i'm talking about these natural wines from austria some of them may or may not have a cow on the label but you know (laughs) that's the thing you created this you're about this like stop stop it's really annoying scary yeah (laughs) i mean i have a i have a wine thing that's scaring me as well and go (laughs) And it's the wine list where it's very clear that 80% of the wines on the list, the the restaurant or wine bar has one bottle of. Ooh. And like, this is not a new trend, but it, it, it makes me very unhappy. I think we talked about this a few <laughs> different times in relatively recent episodes, just sort of indirectly or, or just in passing. But I think that one of the things that I hate about the way a lot of wine ri- lists are built in this country is or not a lot of them, but but a noticeable wine list are built is a belief that you ha- a have to show that you have this incredible breadth of wine available, including like whether it's classics, trendy stuff, whatever, and that you are incapable of sort of making, I guess for lack of a better way of putting it, a sort of editorial decision about what does and does not need to be on your list. And if your answer is okay, well I'm going to have a 500 bottle list. 
of but 400 of those skews i have one two maybe three bottles of like who who are we doing a favor for here like or, or why does this exist and this isn't again like i said this isn't new this has in some way or another existed for quite a while but i feel like we should i think hopefully i would like to think that we could be moving past this as like for example some of the publications that might exist in part to reward restaurants and bars that have very yep. extensive wine lists that meet certain criteria are I would like to think waning in their importance, or at least are not as important to a, a newer set of wine directors. I would think. Um, why are we still doing this? Like, uh, like as I think you said on the last episode, Adam, a tightly curated list that has 60, 70, 80 bottles that are really good, diverse. They show a lot of, you know, there's some stylistic range, price range, age range, et cetera, is so much better for guests. It's so much better for everyone who works there. It's better for the restaurant than this kind of sprawling mess where, you know, everything is on the list. You know, it's like your wine list should not remind me of the Cheesecake Factory. Let's put it that way. Yeah. That kind of wine list scares me. That that kind of wine list really scares me. I just don't, you know, it's, it's too much. And then I'm not, I'm not ready when you finally come and ask me if I'd like to make my selections. I'm like, no, there's too much here. There's too much here. I, I can't get through it. I also, you know, what also scares me the wine list on the fucking iPad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never encountered that. Before. Oh, I hate that. It's because like, oh, it's so big, guys. We can't contain it in a book. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I hate it. I feel like something else rewind list that's quite scary is the the ones that I feel like we've been encountering lately that are very expensive yeah that's that's really scares me i think the wine list where like the bottles are basically all over 80 80 or 100 100 is very scary and is becoming the norm especially in new york yeah um and again is why then you're going to see people start drinking other things instead yeah um 120,000 (laughs) percent anything else jenna or should no, we drink? I think we should drink this drink. scary beer that we have here. Yeah, we yeah. do. So, uh, Jenna, what beer do we have? So we have – this is a new release right from Shiner. Yes. Um, it's called Tex Hex. There is nothing about this that would make me think that this was a Shiner Bach beer besides the fact that it says Shiner. I know. So it's Brujas Brew. Brujas – Bruja is witch in Spanish. Correct me if I'm wrong. You are, you so are right. Qu- quite scary um, for the season. <laughs> Werewolf permit. <laughs> so we have an IPA here and uh, what do you double, double IPA. IPA? You mean werewolf? Ma- so I think what's the most interesting is yes, they're brewed with cactus water. Yes. Okay. Hmm. Um, okay. So what are we trying first? Point I yours. think the Bruja's <laughs> brew the the regular IPA, and then we'll drink the double. Okay. They look more like traditional IPAs. I don't like the nose of the single. I have the single here. It's very malty. Pretty bitter, yeah, for me, but not like doesn't linger. But very malty. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what the cactus water does here. Me too. Looks good on the label. I don't know. Brewed with cactus water. I don't really know. Is there a health halo around cactus water? Probably, right? Probably. Well, like yeah. Oh, we have a a piece coming up about this. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see what the. It's interesting. I don't. I don't just like I wouldn't put it down. Like I wouldn't say I don't want to drink it. It's a fine beer, but it's not amazing. I think it's like a perfectly acceptable IPA. I don't have like a Me too. yeah, it's perfectly yeah. acceptable IPA. Yeah. I don't think it's you know whatever. It, it just yeah, that's that's how I would describe it. I'm curious like if this was on draft at the local bar and someone handed me handed me a pint of it, I'd be like, Cool. Yeah. That's good. 
I'm curious okay. to try this double, which clocks in at 9.5% ABV. So back to our which is like, Voodoo Ranger <laughs> conversation from the other day. I mean, you can smell how sort of like sweet this is because it's, of the alcohol. Yeah. It oh, smells yeah, wow. very fruity. Oh, this is, to me, this is too big. I feel like I get wow. more of the cactus notes on this for whatever reason. It has like a cactusy smell to it. Gosh, I don't think I could. Maybe that's the hops. I don't know. They're, they're just yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Who knows? Um, it is a big beer, though. It's aggressively yeah. hoppy. This, I think, this is trying to ch- jump on the foodie craze. Oh, for sure. Yes. I'm, so this sure is an enig- enigmatic IPA brewed with cactus water and a vexing duo of Idaho Seven and Citra hops. So, do they have to harvest the cactus to get the water? I, I don't That's know. It's a lot of cactus, probably. Yeah. If this I, thing's going to scale. Do you I'm think that to know more about with cactus water, are we talking about like the liquid that is inside a cactus if you cut it down? That's or what are we I'm talking assuming. about just like steeping cactus into water? I have no idea. I'm oh. assuming the liquid inside the cactus. That would be my assumption, but I don't know if, if cactus water is like a defined legal term for a thing. I don't know. I don't know. Like, they have to, like, yeah. Like, I wonder if this is regulated by the TTB. Hmm. Interesting. Like aloe water is like the water from inside the aloe plant, right? That everyone drinks. Yeah, or like coconut water or right. maple water. I think that it's. I, I mean, again, who knows? I would assume it's water from inside the cactus plant. Me too. Which feels very Texas. Yeah. But I also feel like that's got to take a lot of cactus cacti. I mean, presumably they have abundant cacti. A lot of it. Yeah. yeah. True. Yeah, interesting. I don't know what I'm thinking about. I like here. these. I don't know. I think they taste good. Yeah, they're fun. They're they're interesting. Yeah. I take back my earlier like I'm met on them. Like they're I think they're good. I think they're interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that it's a cool story to give to someone like, hey, here's an IPA brewed with cactus water. The second one is just it's, I, yeah. it's too strong for me. I can see why people would like it. I mean, this is definitely a Voodoo Ranger competitor. And I can see if you liked Voodoo Ranger, you would like this. But the first one I enjoyed. Yeah. Mm. So, all right. Well, spook on, (laughs) y'all. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Have a great weekend. Sounds great. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast, the flagship podcast of the Vine Pair Podcast Network. If you love listening to this show, or even if you don't, but I really hope that you do, as much as we really do love making it, then please drop us a review or a rating wherever it is that you get your podcast, whether that be iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere. If you are listening to this on a device right now through an app, however you got this audio, please drop a review. It really helps everyone else discover the show. And now for some totally awesome credits. So... The Vine Pair Podcast is recorded in our New York City headquarters and in Seattle, Washington, in Zach Jabal's basement. It is recorded by Zach, mastered, and produced by Zach. He loves all the credit. Keep giving it to him. Drop his name in the reviews. He's going to love hearing how much you love him. It is also recorded in New York City by our tastings director, Keith Beavers, who is the managing director of the entire Vine Pair Podcast Network. I'd also love to give a shout out to our editor-in-chief, Joanna Sherino, who joins us on every single podcast as our third and most important host. Thank you as well to the entire VinePair staff and everyone who's been involved in making VinePair as special as it's become. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.